You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to the Rob and Bob Show. This is the most loaded, unloaded podcast there is because it's always out of the blank. You, that's a good one. I, I should start doing that on the. I've been trying to change it up because we're going to hit the thousand episodes here in like the next couple of months. So I'm like, I know this is crazy. We got to hit like a new like. It's really see. I had a nostalgia moment, much like you probably did. Like, let me ask you this question, and then I then I can start talking about myself. Like, good interviewers do. They ask a question, and then they're able to turn that on to themselves to talk about their whole life story. Um, yeah. When you look back at your company from the start, and then you look back at it to where it's at now, do you like everything that's been happening with it? Like when you do the commercial shoots and everything. I'm very happy with how it's progressed. It- could have been better i mean COVID has thrown so many different spins into everything um but all in all yeah i'm happy is there anything that you wish you would have tried or done differently oh absolutely i wish i'd have had a lot more money maybe taken out a bank loan to start my business uh totally blown the doors off of it to begin with but uh it's let me approach some struggles that uh, I probably wouldn't have hit. And, you know, you, if you don't overcome those little things, I mean, I'm sure you've got it through, you know, doing the podcast. Uh, if, if you don't have those struggles, then how do you ever know that you're going to be able to overcome them? Um, so, yeah, I mean, in, in, in retrospect, in hindsight, there's always something that uh, I wish I would have done different. But like I said, nonetheless, I'm still happy where I am. Do you think it's more on the aspect of Everything's a gamble in life, but what's always is the biggest thing in your mind is the risk, not really the reward in a sense. Because I see a lot of people like um, Dana White, for instance, he's a billionaire without knowing that he's a billionaire. He just wears normal clothing, never really goes and spends above his means. But when he gambles, he spends billions of dollars, like millions of dollars, and just gambles it all away, knowing that he's going to lose it all. But then the return is so plenty where he can make like $60 million off of just putting up three. Good question. Gamble and risk. Um you know, and when you talk about people that have money and you wouldn't ever suspect it. When I lived out West in Arizona, it was a small town. It was a rodeo town, home of the world's smallest rodeo or old, oldest rodeo. And there were so many people there that you just, you wouldn't expect that they had riches because on the outward appearance, you, you just didn't know it. You, you, you couldn't see it. It wasn't a, a flaunting style of, I got money. Um, whether or not they did investing in that sense, like you're talking about where they could just, you know, drop a bundle and then you know i'm talking in my sense a bundle um and not even think about it but then be able to also reap a huge reward off of it you know statistics say that at some point it's going to pay off and for them when it pays off it's huge but i guess it's like hitting a stock market or investing in a 401k you know it's it's full of ups and downs so i guess in a business sense too it's that same thing um if you invest more, does it mean you're going to reap more of a reward? I think it just really comes down to if it's a solid investment, just like so many other things. Again, stocks. 
I think it's how you sales pitch it though. Like if I, if someone came up to you and told you that you're going to put a lot of your money up there with a very high risk that it might not end up folding out, but then you can invest in something, let's say starting up your company, for instance, then it's like, oh, yeah, but I don't really trust you to be able to have the advice to tell me that I should throw my money into this, knowing that I've worked very hard for this money. It's different when you're given the money. If you're just given like a, a million dollars to do whatever the hell you want with it, you're going to treat it like it's nothing because you didn't have that in the first place. You didn't work hard enough to build that up. But when you build it up yourself, it's a different effect. But then if I sales pitch it as like a, an imaginary force is going to stop everyone from working for almost a full year, and then you're going to be able to do whatever you want with the money that you have and not have to worry because you'll still be getting an income because the government will be giving you some. You're like, oh, well, then it's like I'm still making money actually more than I was before, and then I'll be able to actually throw some away to do this company. It's a different sales pitch. Like, for instance, if I sale pitched you Kelly as a dry run, thank you for introducing me to him because me and his podcast always hit these <laughs> new levels of fun. But if anybody looks at Kelly, they go, he makes Hot Wheels cars. Cars. He seems like a good overall person. He always wears a do-rag, which is a little bit sketchy, but it's, it's, it's different. But then when you actually talk to the guy, you realize he's very intelligent. He has a lot of life experience and he's an, he's an amazing person to have a conversation with. And it's, you start to realize like someone mentioned this to me, they go, it's not really about being a number one podcast. And you're like, your show's good. You might get like the same base listening, but it's about coming across that one person that ends up changing your life for something. And it's like, yeah, do you, I think the world looks at a lot of stuff that they do as never enough, um, mostly because everything it shows us is either high reward or so much of extreme risk, like hoarders, the show, that whole show is basis is just showing people in the worst lighting, much like Jerry Springer's show. It's just showing people in the worst aspects of things, but you're like, why would someone do this show? It's like, cause they're getting fucking paid. Yeah. Yeah. That, that puts a different spin on it. Uh, you know, watching news stories of some people that are talking about their government assistance checks that they've gotten. You know, it's interesting to see the different personalities of people that really need it and put it to a good use versus the other ones that you can tell. They're like, man, I can't wait for the next one because the TVs are on sale right now and I'm going to have a new TV. <laughs> you know? It's like they're I mean, complaining about getting $1,200. Then you see them run down the street with like a new like shoes or new something. And you're like, okay, I know where that 1200 went. Right, right. I got to update my phone because, you know, they came out with a new one. So, but yeah, it's um, <laughs> Kelly. Kelly is cool. And you're right. I mean, he's a scary looking dude. And he'd probably tell you first off that uh, he is a sketchy person. But in all sincerity, I mean, he is. He's just very well versed, well rounded. There's there's a lot of layers to Kelly, but to many people. And I, it, it not everybody, like you were talking about selling yourself. Um, not everybody has that ability to rephrase that, rephrase that. You said, sell yourself, not prostitution, like pitching, Correct, yourself. Yeah. but okay. pitching yourself. Selling. That's even worse too. Hang on a second. I was going to say, that was yours. <laughs> so, okay. We're, we're, whoa, let's start over again. Hey, good morning, folks. Welcome to the Rob <laughs> Take two. This is episode one. No, um, but no, it is. It, it's how you bring yourself out to be expressed to others and how they're going to see you um everybody's got a layer they've got multiple layers but not everybody either wants to share that or is willing to um maybe even i don't know has a desire to you know difference between extroverts and introverts those that are hiding those that want to you know uh, 
expose their life to maybe try to find what's going on in their life. Um, I think the thing you probably, well, the thing you probably have more value in in your life is the thing that you probably don't see it as value. Um, a lot of people look at like their thing that might be an average thing. Like, let's say you live in the same town every single day, like I have. Well, I just went to the beach the other days where I got this amazing suntan that's burned half of my face, but I didn't, I've always talked about, I wanted to leave this place. I've always wanted to go somewhere different. I don't like living by the beach anymore because I experienced it 24 seven, even though I haven't been to the beach in an actual long time. Well, I went to the beach and I smell that salt air and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm not realizing what I'm going to be missing when I do leave is this experience that a lot of people don't normally get to have. I mean, you might see the everyday mundane and I talk about my vacation, for instance, my vacation is anything that would just be slightly better than what I'm experiencing, which is for a lot of people, the definition of a vacation. I would rather live in the worst possible condition because that means I could possibly do anything to make my life a little bit better by just doing anything different or adding something that's going to improve it. Everything would be an improvement at that point. And I think we want to find value in things that a system or a world that seems to always devalue you. And I think subconsciously we're devalued on a daily basis, either it's because work's too tough when we feel like we want to leave our job, but we're too afraid of that check. Like, it seems like a lot of people hate their job and they complain about it. And it's like, how close they get to breaking the bar and the bar gets all the way up where they're like, I'm going to fucking quit. And then payday comes, and then it drops and resets right back to the beginning. And then we just keep building the system over and over again. And I look at it, I said, in a society where it shows you that people are making billions of dollars off of making stupid TikTok videos or doing something that has value in what we would consider today's world that you feel like you might not have the ability to be able to do. I think we just need to change our perspective on what is going to be seen as valuable. Do you want to be valuable to everyone who's not going to remember you? Or do you want to be valuable to the people that you meet on an everyday basis or meet in your life or you see every single day friends of yours that are going to look at you like basically a god amongst men? There are a lot of people now that are too worried with what the public eye, their so-called friends because of social media, will think of them. Uh, and it's sad because I think that it's contributing to the growing number of depressed individuals too. There, there's a lot of people out there that are worried with how they come across in their social media setting and the emojis and the emoticons and the comments. It just, it eats at people, but yet there, it, it, it's such an, uh, I hate to say a necessary evil for some, it is the social media, but they feel compelled that they just cannot turn it off. And <clears throat> And in so doing, they open themselves up, they expose themselves to all those comments, the negative criticism. And, and, you know, so now we've got to create a TikTok video or we've got to create something else that's going to promote what we foresee, they foresee as positive influence so that they can get that positive influence back. Um, the whole world needs counseling because if I send you a text saying, hey, be online in 10 minutes, it comes off like, hey, be online in 10 minutes. But then if someone reads it or you've had someone say that exact same response to you in a horrible way, like be there in 10 minutes, you're like, who are you talking to? Right. Like I'm 23 talking to you. 
that's going to be like, oh, you're not going to tell me what to do. It's like, oh, I wasn't, didn't mean it like that. I just meant like be on in like 10 minutes so we can just get this thing going up. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah. No, I do 100% because we already had discussion about this, what was going to happen. Um, we had conversation. I'm sorry. Um, so we had conversation about what was going to happen. So I was expecting that. So no, I didn't take that in a negative way, but you're right. I mean, there are people that they misconstrue certain meanings or they put tones into things that aren't tones uh, or intended. Uh, and it and it does it 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 dents the psyche in some people. They're just bruised, and I think there's a lot of people that right now they're just living on that edge of already bruised, ready to be bruised again, and they can't get off that edge. Um, it, it's a scary thing to see. Well, I had someone I was reaching out to to be as a guest, and they sent me something like, "I saw your last episode. It was good, but yikes!" And I was like what's yikes about it? And then I like screenshot it and sent it to a couple of people and they never responded back to me, but I sent to a couple of my friends and they were like, what the fuck she mean by yikes? And like, everyone had that reaction. Like it, it's a bit of an insult when you say yikes to someone's show and you don't want to end up doing it because of the content that they might produce. But I think the word conversation, the base level of that is pretty understanding. I know what conversation is, but do you though? Do you understand the definition of what conversation is? And it's like, you got to realize when I talk to academics or when I talk to regular people, there's no despair. Just nobody's better than the other. But some of the academics have to watch what they say because anything they have to misconstrue, they have to make sure there's a double layer of context. Like, this is my opinion. This is my opinion. This is my opinion. It's like, well, that's what I'm asking you for. That's the whole definition of a conversation. But it's like the word still gets put into your mind of as an interview. And it's like, it's very, very weird how the world works with the things that we say. I wonder what – I mean it's all going to be end up eventually texting or some type of phone communication, but then where is it going to go from there? Is it eventually just going to be people not talking and expanding each other's thought? I think the world was supposed to be built off of expanding each other's thought or just having a good chat about life. Yeah, they should be about having a good chat. Oh, that Chat, chat. Um, <laughs> I was one of those people that you had sent that message to, you know, the yikes. Um, and I had asked you, like, what's what's yikes? And if you if somebody can't open themselves up to say that they're expressing a fear of, well, maybe this is going to be a topic that's uh, kind of like voodoo. We're not going to talk about that, you know, uh, then that should have been expressed. But to just say yikes, that is just a really huge umbrella term of, whoa, I'm I, I'm uncomfortable. Well, then that would be a great conversation to have. What is it about my conversation with that individual that made you on edge, that made you say yikes? Is that a subject that you don't want to talk about? Is it something that you're guarding? You know, why? I think I look at it like you would think that the a lot of people don't like porn or wouldn't do porn for a living, even though they might watch it because they don't want to have that image attached to them or that stigma of what that is behind them. But there's a person out there that'll make $100,000 off of just literally a, a lady. She makes $100,000 a month just doing feet videos where she just puts her feet in like sand, puts her feet in water, puts her feet in like a food or something like that. Uploads two videos a month, gets a hundred thousand dollars. I would, it's, we're living in a world that likes the idea of professionalism, which back maybe when you were a kid would have been the, the, the way of living is professionalism is back in the day, not even not back in the day, 10 years ago was get a master's degree, get a high level of education. Well, there's people making billions more than those people that have gotten into college debt 
and have this. I've met so many academics that have 200 followers on Twitter and are barely surviving off that. They live with somebody. They live with a parent or something. But then I've met people that are just video game Twitch streamers that have tens and 15 and 20,000 followers. And I realized as much as the optics of professionalism looks for a lot of my generation, your generation, generations above, generations below, younger generations than me, what we would call the Zoomers, the ones that only use online Zoom, they don't really need the optics of professionalism anymore. On a resume, you can have, I was just a gamer for 10 years and I made over this much amount of money. That's what it's going to end up being. My buddy who was a Power Ranger trying to get a new job, he goes, no one will hire me because all I have is like Universal Studios stuntman work and then Power Rangers stuff. And I'm like, to me, that's awesome. Hell yeah, that's great. And he goes, yeah, but to a person, they want to see an academic scholarship on your thing. They want to see college level experience. I'm like, man, the world's not going to run. It's not running like that anymore. It's a little bit different game. I mean, most people, it's all about investing. How much money did you make? How much have you made in your overall lifetime? Instead of work experience or college experience, it's more about how passionate are you for the craft that you should be doing? Yeah. I'm a Zoomer. I wear a cape. Hi, I'm Bob. I make drapes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, um, professional services. How many people still need somebody to come out to put a new key in their car? Uh, you know, and and now the services are they're they're not even glorified anymore. And I don't want to say glorified is not the right word, but they're not even looked at in the in the right light because it, the milkman, the fucking milkman, job. Years ago, I can remember going out with my uncle in Georgia. He ran a milk route and it was so cool to get up crack of dawn and probably way before the crack of dawn to go out with him. And of course, the highlight of my day was we always went out for breakfast when it was time to go for breakfast after the milk route. But it, like you were just saying, you know, that was a very important job. It's like you've just delivered something to somebody's house. We're not talking about printer ink we're talking about milk it was a basic necessity for for life um it's it, you know it's not waiting on a, an amazon drop drone shipment of whatever it is that you just conveniently ordered and you have to have but uh, it's it's a it's definitely a definitely a growing trend of um a huge swing between like you said back in the day to the way it is now uh talking about job references you know well i don't have anything other than I, I wear a cape at universal studios or versus you know even when my son was going through college a few like you said 10 12 years ago you know and his desire was to get a degree because that's what you had to have on paper was this is what i've done and you start building up that roadmap of your accomplishments and what they're going to do to get you through society and make you look better in society. And I don't mean make you look better, but to be able to show what you've done. And it's it's so different now because now you're talking about, like you said, Twitch and TikTok. And I mean, here's my Snapchat and my handle and all of my followers. And do you it's know how, different. Do you know how many podcasts there were before the pandemic happened? I have no idea. 809 oh no it was i think it was close to a million it was like eight hundred and ninety-seven thousand, something like that um but then during the pandemic over 1.5 billion or not billion million podcasts had started up and then towards when everybody was started going back to work there was a major like almost close to a million drop off because people just couldn't keep cranking out the content with their work hours coming back it was much easier to do when you didn't have you could just work from home or you could just be at home and get to check 
there were over like 10 million something small businesses or entrepreneurial ships, people that started making their own companies out of their house, either selling a sauce or selling some type of food that started during the pandemic. Mm. I look at it like that number didn't drop though. That number stayed up there, might've dropped by a little bit, but still people were making more profits off doing that where it, it kind of brings into the aspect of what you're talking about, about how like during the pandemic, I would have thought your business would have succeeded even more, but you're like, and eh, the kind of pandemic made it all wacky because there were so many of those businesses out there. Now people that were, it might not be your sauce, but it might be a small business thing that somebody was selling drapes or somebody was selling a fucking dream weaver that you could buy out of, you know, whatever to catch your nightmares or whatever type of thing. And say, this is like whatever astrology, horoscopes, tarot cards, whatever you want to call it. But I'm looking at like back in the day, that was a risk. And the people that took that risk of doing something like that, because there wasn't a lot of people doing that. Everything was the nine to five job or doing something like that. And you can craft out your own hours. Those people got famous and rich. And then everyone saw that and started going onto that trend. And now that trend is not the thing that's going to make you a whole lot of money as much as it used to. It might shift back around a little bit later down the road, but now it's like being a plumber or an electrician is going to be the fucking job that's going to make you billions because there's not a whole lot of people wanting to do that anymore because the whole paradigm has shifted and now it's kind of tilting back a little bit but it's weird to see what the next trend or what's the, is the next trend just going to be doing stocks again until the stock market crashes and then it all goes down a whole nother are we on a loop is that what it is we're on a loop hmm. if only we could go back in time to the 20s with a nice milkshake at a diner that would be awesome. You know, you talk about uh, professions, the, the meme and the picture that went viral, the guy on the track hoe digging out the, the barge. Oh know, yeah. Because it blocked the Suez Canal, you know? So now all of a sudden the, whether he was union or making 20, I don't know how much he was making, but let's just say it was $28 an hour. But now all of a sudden the guy making $28 an hour working his butt off is the hero over the TikTok, Twitch, whoever person out there that's making way too much money because you know they've just said that uh, Ohio State can now let students sell the rights to their pictures and their profile and use their images and likenesses. So whatever it is that gets you your money, it's just there's a there's a huge uh, difference there from having to do what some people would call a remedial job. Big difference. Um, there was something else you just said that I was going to touch on too. And I don't know. Like I was hanging with my nephew the other day and looking at what is around in the world right now where I'm like, this is some advanced shit. Like I would have never even, it's really scary to me how one day he's going to be old enough where he can look back on this and see my whole catalog of stuff where it's like, oh my God, my uncle Robbie is a little bit crazy. It's like, yeah little bit um but i look through and i start to see everything that's changed from when i was a kid back when the ice cream truck used to hear that now i played a ringtone on my phone that was most people me you would probably say it's the ice cream truck song hit he, he was like it's mario and it's like wow really interesting to see that shift where it's like, yeah, there's not a whole lot of ice cream truck people doing it anymore. There, I have a, my buddy owns a snow cone thing that he goes around town, but he, even he talks about, it. he goes, we do it once every like couple of weeks or so. A lot of people aren't really open to letting their kid accept something or open to that. And like how the world's gone with the pandemic, everything is like, 
it's interesting. Like, I wonder if the world would seem a little bit weird if the milkman came back. It's like, why is it a guy delivering milk to your house? It's like, well, back in the day, that was the sanctity. That was to know that times were okay. A nice glass little sound of a uh, glass bottle hitting your step. And you realize, oh, my God. And this guy goes, hey, nice to meet you. Just dropping off your milk delivery. Now it's like if you don't see a drone package fly by your house every couple of weeks or something, you get a little freaked out. Yeah, or people actually get snail mail instead of an email or, you know, a bank notice via email instead of your bills coming through in the mailbox. Um, Bring back the drive throughs please. Like not the drive through restaurants, but the drive through movies. Oh, a drive-in? Oh, my God. I would, I've never got to experience one of those. It would, I guess it was the first couple of years before I was born was when they started phasing out. Yeah, I think that... Uh, you know, you were talking about kids not seeing the, or, or parents not even seeing the ice cream truck, you know, as being cool, maybe uh, cool. I guess ice cream is always cool, but to, you know, accepting it for your kids to go out to grab ice cream, maybe instead of an ice cream truck, we need to uh, start doing trucks to go around and sell I don't know, video games. But even now games are downloaded. Right. Yeah, that's the biggest thing where GameStop, they closed up a lot of their stores was because everything is not being downloaded to your Xbox. But I prefer the digital original copy. I mean, Redbox was the biggest innovation back in the day. You would walk into a grocery store and see a Redbox. Like, holy shit. Now it's like, well, people can just easily pirate a movie now. Like I, um, I saw a little like picture and it was a meme that was talking about and even memes are now a form of expression, a form of art in the ways that they do things. But there was a meme about um spotify or musicians and then spotify coming in musicians worried about getting the money for all their downloads or all their cds where people would hold up the phone next to the youtube video and just record it on their phone now it's like spotify still gives them a little bit but it's like netflix like all the people that create netflix stuff they go well your show's like what's trending on netflix and they're like but what does that mean Netflix doesn't tell you how many people are watching your stuff, how many hours is being watched of your thing. I've seen Willy's Wonderland like 10,000 times in the past month. I just keep having it on replay over and over again because I'm too lazy to change it. The guy, the director doesn't know. The director only has 5,000 followers on like Twitter. And I'm like, you had Nick Cage in your film. He's like, I don't. I made one movie and I don't, that's it. I have a couple shirts. I made a, a money off of it. Sure. But Netflix won't tell me what I'm doing with it. And I'm like, damn, that's so strange how it's like, we've literally got, we've opened up the door to accessibility, to letting something else promote our products and do our things for us, but without letting you know the return, like um, selling your products on uh, Instagram. You have to verify it and set it up, and then you have to hit a certain level to hit monetization on it. But Instagram won't let you sell things unless it goes through them. Like if it's going through them or they're going to sell your products, they can't just go directly to your store. They have to go and they have to get a piece of that. So whenever money you make off the product that you sell, Instagram takes a small share of that. Even GoFundMe has an option where it's like give back to GoFundMe. You can hit zero and it wouldn't, it wouldn't take anything, but they still ask because like we are helping you. It's like, yeah, but. There are some companies that don't even give you the option to say no to. They just do it. PayPal has made it harder to not have uh, fees. But I understand they're trying to crack down on uh, maybe unincorporated businesses. Uh, 
but it, it, there's a lot of workarounds uh, in, in in so many different fields like that. Oh, I know what it was that I was going to say too. You know, you were saying that uh, you were surprised that my business had not picked up during the pandemic, during COVID. Uh, and, and in some ways it has. I have acquired new stores because like you were saying, some pop-up stores, all of a sudden, you know, hot sauce is a huge, huge trend. It is a hot market. And there's a lot of people that are just selling pop. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> there's a lot of pop-up stores now you know people are they're they're selling online whether or not it's a brick and mortar store there's been a few of them that have popped up i've just uh, recently sent sauce out to a store in colorado uh, another one in canada and another one is popping up in texas those are all new pop-up stores people that are jumping on that bandwagon in the ease of selling other people's products online and and why not i mean you know it's, it doesn't even matter. I don't even think that it's something that you would even have to put on a resume anymore because if you're an entrepreneur and you're doing your own thing, does it really matter what's underneath of it? Well, it's like um, I got my grandmom's Polaroid old school camera and she bought a new one because she likes the old Polaroid picture feel. And I was like, I like that too. They're really, really cool, especially when it's like the whole background's dark and then it's just the one person lit up and it's like, it seems like classic. I like that look. I took a bunch yesterday with the Polaroid camera, but the film for 10 pictures is like $15 for two packs of 10 pictures. And it's like, what I could, my phone just click multiple ones to get them printed out for way cheaper than that. But it's like, but you want the original feel. It's like, yeah, but you're not, you're not making it easy for someone that wants the old retro vintage feel of things. And it's like, well, the retro vintage feel market is so big right now we can charge on it and people will pay it. It's like, yeah, but you're not incentivizing for records to come back. You made a record player that's newer, but then you make the records hundreds of dollars to buy now. It's like someone's just going to download it and just have the record to look at. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just because it's uh, a retro way of having had things, um, the touch, the feel, it, it's not the same quality because even like you were saying, you know, okay, so they're bringing back vinyl. Does it still sound like it did back in the day because you know like you were saying you know the new equipment that comes out or the process of burning songs into vinyl is it the same uh and it, i don't think that there's the same characteristic i don't think that it has the same meaning to today's crowd that uh, that it used to have because you didn't have a, you didn't have all the different resources of how to listen to music like you were saying you know you can download you can stream there's just so many different things you know Back in the day, you went from vinyl to reel to reel tape to cassette or eight track to cassette. And then it started going to uh, CD, you know, and so now people are going back to vinyl, but it's it, you still have so many different options of how to listen. I don't think that it carries the same bearing of enjoyment that it had when you didn't have all the options. What comes to your mind when you think about how fast we've kind of sped forward or how much people like the instant access? Because one specific memory comes to my mind was sitting – my grandma used to visit from Baltimore to, you know, like Delaware or something like that, and we'd go and see her and stay at her little hotel room. But I remember eating ice cream with my dad, and I was just eating it. Like as soon as you pull her out of the thing, you're just eating it. And my dad's sitting there like chopping it up with a spoon and mixing it so it's like a milkshake. Then he eats it that way. And then I started doing that. I was like, yeah, but I want it now. This takes a lot of effort to put in. He's like, yeah, but how much effort are you willing to put in for the payoff? 
And then that just has always stuck in my head where I look at things now. It's like everyone accepted at face value. Like I've had some sponsors approach me about doing the, about the podcast, about like they're mostly like they're like men's products and stuff like that. I'm like, but I don't use any of your stuff. It's like, doesn't matter if you use our products, we'll send you products for free. Well, no, it's for the first couple months or whatever that you have to buy your own products and then eventually you get free products but i don't use any of your stuff it's like yeah but are you worried about the eventual payoff and i'm like i don't i'd rather just stick it out and hopefully like i could be charging for this there's people that do like five dollars a month donations and then how many people i could get to donate five dollars a month but i wanted to keep it free because the only thing i want to charge is a major giant company not a person that's just trying to listen to something on their work commute. So many things, they don't give you everything at face value. It's like additional content. You bought your cell phone, but you need a cell phone plan. Oh, well, I, you mean I don't have, I just spent $600 on a new phone and I don't get the plan that goes to it? No, 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 That's more. Then if you really want unlimited data, it's another little price thing. And you're like, well, damn it. Well, how much of what I have is my own? It's like, well, Really, nothing is really your own unless you're Amish and you build your own stuff. And it's like, well, I don't have the capabilities to be able to do that. Well, then I guess, you know, you're going to keep paying me because I can keep charging you and you're going to keep paying it. Gas is at $3, $3.09. How long until it's at four? When do people put their foot down about it? It's going to keep going because they know they can keep charging it and you're going to pay it because you need to drive your car. You and I both have merchandise that we sell for our business. Um, I just recently got a communication that said the company that my merchandise is through is raising their base rates and whether or not I want to increase my profit margin. You mean Teespring? Uh, yeah. They sent you an email? Yeah. What are you talking about? I hope that's not happening. I'm donating all my merch money that I make and I make it so low that it's basically free, but I'm donating it all to a, a past guest GoFundMe whose brother has um has a, uh, a GoFundMe for he's raising it for his health thing. Where are you seeing this? Oh, important news, quality and price. Oh, no fucking way. Hang on a second. Improving product quality and production has become a major priority. Recently, we invested over 1.6 million into these areas. Effective August 31st, 2021, we've provided a table with new pricing. What are you talking about, bro? Robbie, how many days behind are you? This email came out three days ago. First of all, who uses their <laughs> fucking email? I don't use my email. <laughs> Whenever an academic's like, you got to reach out to my email, I'm like, I'm good. Base cost, US dollars. Wow. So you're not making jack. Yeah, see, I haven't even gone in yet to see how much their increase was because I thought, you know, and, and I've had a lot of people ask, I won't say a lot, but I've had a few people, um, stores that carry my product, are you raising your prices? Because everybody's raising their prices. And they're like, are you raising your prices? I'm like, no, I'm, I, I'm not raising my prices because so far I don't, I don't feel I have to from what little bit of increase I've seen. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not making a ton of money and it's not why i started selling my sauce was you know to be the twitch account person that's making hundreds of thousands of dollars obviously because it's hot sauce it's not twitch but i, I you're not incentivizing to people profits. to be creative yeah i'm not yeah. going to keep trying to make merch sales or do any of that if you're going to make the damn price so high up i mean i make it to get the brand out there so i only make maybe a dollar off a shirt 
But I mean, if I sell what 50 shirts, that's what 50 bucks that I just put into a GoFundMe for somebody. Like I, I, I'm not in it for the profit. I like the designs that are being made, but I mean, I guess, but that's so nuts, dude, because you're not incentivizing people to want to do creative things when you make the price so damn high. I mean, when you go to like arts and craft stores, they used to be cheap as shit because nobody wanted to make their own arts and crafts. And there was a bunch of people that started making like when that woman when during the pandemic made masks and she was selling her own mask and people were buying the shit out of them. She could jack her prices up. And next thing you know, people stopped buying her mask because you can get a pack of like a hundred for like ten dollars somewhere right yeah it's crazy um i was just looking at that email too but uh it is it's sad and then you know and i don't know maybe it's a good thing because then it opens up the door for new businesses to you know to launch a line of hey let us print your shirts <clears throat> let us do this that for you so eh, maybe in the long run it is better because it helps close a door on some of the corporate people that are getting bigger and i don't know how big spring teespring is or is getting but uh, obviously with new businesses popping up from uh, home operations due to lockdown settings uh, i imagine that they've gotten much busier because of people wanting their their logo their campaign their slogan whatever it is uh, on a t-shirt to make money off of it so it's got to open the door for even more businesses to be out there so as long as these places continue to get bigger and jack their prices up for whatever reasons, I think that it's going to continue to open a door for um, a littler company to start their own business doing the same thing. Then as long as regulations don't step in, you know, and then everybody else wants another piece of the pie, or you're, you know, are you being taxed on some city state level that all of a sudden they're trying to shut you down because you're a, a home mom and pop operation and you know, just force you out because you can't make a profit. I wonder if this was like, if there was another dimension that we could see and they just made it so you didn't have to worry about paying for bills or you didn't have any taxes or you didn't have anything. You just kind of lived. You didn't really need to work a job. You'd still survive and be able to get food for free or something like that. But you got like a, only a daily amount you could consume based on like what your standards or regular eating are just so we can think it all through. But I look at it like, would we still have this intent to want to make as much money as possible to make a splash, a company starts charging more when they have more people that they're su supplying for. So whether that's on the basis of materials or basis of just work that's getting put in with the number of hours, they have to jack up their prices so their employees don't quit or just hit their profit margin. But it's all about making a splash. And it's like, I really wonder what the fucking requirement or expectation for kids that are coming up is going to be to survive when right now it's just keeps on increasing and increasing back in the day. If you just finished high school, that was an accomplishment. Now it's like, you got to finish college. Now it's like, don't even worry about college or high school. If you're not 10,000 followers deep on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or any of this type of stuff, you're not even getting a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Times have changed and they're changing a lot. You know, you asked the question earlier about uh, the evolution, uh, you know, has it gone too fast? I, and I think we broached this subject last time too. And I still do. I think it's come on too fast because I don't think it's, I don't, there's too many generations that are not able to keep up with the amount of growth. You know, it's like we were talking just earlier today, even about the difference in um, a blue collar job. You know, the guy that everybody relies on or relied on more. Is it still, you know, the glory job that maybe it once was? 
or is it frowned upon? Well, yeah, I got to go see the mechanic, you know, you know how mechanics are. They're like dirty all the time. They get dirt under their fingernails and they smell like gasoline. Oh yeah. Well, he's keeping your crap running on the road too. So, you know, when you need him, that's the guy you run to, but when you don't need him, it's, you know, let's, let's push him aside. Well then how far until you just go, I don't need to, I don't care about how I treat this mechanic, but like, for instance, when I got a hole in my tire and I had to take it to a place, I had to be at work in like the next half hour. So I was like, I want to go home. Like, could you guys, cause they're sitting around talking. I'm like, you guys do it as fast as possible. Then I stopped and realized in my head that they literally can keep me here hostage practically because they have to fix my car. Like, yeah, we'll get to it as soon as possible. And I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. You guys work at your own pace. I'll be inside. And I went inside, sat five minutes in, they fixed it. And I was back on the road again. And I was like, I realized they could have had me sitting there all day. Eventually people go, I'm going to take my car to another spot. Cause there's thousands of them out there. Now there's billions of garages that have started up and you're like, Oh my God, now I got to make sure that I can have to be affordable for people. I got to do all these things. I can't have my prices the way they're set, which is good because I think a lot of times we look at like, there are so many companies that have dominated the market, Walmart, McDonald's, all these things where they literally got you by the balls. If they're going to jack their prices up, what going to go find a Wendy's. Fuck yeah. Right. Um, but you look at like, it's good that there's a lot of businesses out there to make sure that one business doesn't become the giant monopoly, but somehow they find a work around the system or they buy out the competition to make sure they're the only market that's getting run. So I look at it like it's a very dominating factor. You know, back in the day, there used to not be as much as a capitalistic or monopolistic type style of business. It used to be slow because there might be some major fishes in the market, but not as taking over the whole thing now it's like there's just giant solidified corporations that like nobody can touch right now like um netflix is a big swinger hulu is a big swinger peacock's coming out of the door but i don't see them lasting out that long walmart's a big swinger home depot was a big swinger lowe's was a big swinger in some areas but now it's just walmart because now walmart's like oh we're doing lawn care too Oh, you need toilet essentials. We have those too. And you're like, oh my God, you're going to run me out of business. This is, you were sticking to the food and the clothing and the games. And we were sticking to the home improvements. Like, no, not anymore. Home Depot. We're now in your market as well, too. It's like when Ross and Michaels came out, Michaels was like a, a store to get these crappy or these off brand retail, main brand store clothing or whatever you want to call it. And then home goods or Ross comes out of nowhere. Like, oh shit. Now you got competition now. Now we got to make sure our prices like um, the last K or last monopolies I'd say are the cable companies. When their prices go up, all their prices go up. When a price goes down, they all go down. They're all owned by like the same corporations that know each other, but they all capitalize the market. That's why they never go outside of their range. There's always like, here's this person's price. It's going to be $50 a month for your cable. Next thing you know, the guy, go, one company goes up 55. They all go up 55. They don't all like one's not trying to get the best deals. They're all doing the same thing. They just worded differently. It's all about the sales pitch. Right back to how we present things. Yeah. Um, Amazon's another one, you know, and even like in the hot sauce market too. And you see a lot of guys that are selling sauce on Amazon or different places. And, you know, and I've been asked the same thing. It's like, well, why don't you sell here? Well, I would love to have, I guess, at some level the volume to be able to do that. But then they want to buy because of their markups. It's it's crazy. I mean, you look at the price of some sauces that are being sold. Let's say Walmart. 
and it's pennies, you know, and for a small custom sauce maker, you can't compete with that stuff. It's just ridiculous in the cost. Uh, when people say, are you, are you going to increase your prices? Like I said before, you know, not unless it's absolutely necessary. I feel it, you know, it's, it's, it's just cut into where it's, it's no longer feasible to do it. Um, even it's the, the greatest scheme of all time is making the industry so easy and so accessible to people that they are never going to want to go for the self. Like there was a big trend. I think when we first met about buying like manufactured home businesses or home entrepreneurs or self startups or all these people that are like common people doing things to get it out of the industry's hands. And at this point, it's like everyone's already like too fucking busy or too tired. They just want to get the cheapest thing possible so they still have more money in their pocket. Hot sauce for some of these gallon ones out there at Walmart, like a dollar fifty-two for a giant fucking bottle of La Tapateco, whatever it's called. Then it's like there's other people that are selling their own sauces, like seven ninety-nine, and then you got to deliver shipping, and shipping's twelve dollars. It's like. Hell, half the time I'm getting a shirt, I order a sample or something, it's $15 for me, the creator. It, the shipping on it adds it up to 30 something. I'm like, that, that, what, what the hell is that? You're not make, incentivizing for people to be able to make a profit or do anything to help themselves or learn situations off their ideas because you're charging up so much. And the mail's like, you're going to pay us it. It's, it there's, you, you're not, unless you're delivering it yourself, you're going to pay us for it. And they break half your sauces anyway. <laughs> you know, every time I take deliveries to the post office, it's interesting to listen to the gals behind the desk. They're like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I've been here since 3 a.m. Like, what's going on? Like Amazon packages. We got so many Amazon packages coming through here. I don't know. Is Amazon really maybe trying to shut down the postal service by overloading them so that they can become the next, you know? Now you're thinking I'm, conspiratorial. That's what I like. Yeah, here it goes. Here it goes. Um, but I mean, seriously, you know, let's think about it. So everybody thinks that Amazon carries their own stuff. Well, they don't just carry their own stuff. They also have to find other shippers too, to get it all out there. And if they, oh, let's just say were to overload or run up the post office deliveries of Amazon packages, somewhere there's going to be a crunch, you know, something's going to take a hit. So then it puts what a bad spin on the post office. We're seeing more increases in their shipping, uh, not their shipping, but their postage stamp prices. There's another increase coming up. So then there's probably gonna be another increase in shipping costs. It, is it, of course it could be a play, a ploy by Amazon to help shut down UPS. I mean, there's, they've got a little bit of a black eye. I feel like at this market right now, if you're trying to be an up and comer in anything, it's all about making like you want to be a man of the people. You want to talk to the people. You want to be a good like you want to create relationships with your returning customers that are going to buy your product no matter the price because they care about you as a person. They know Bob's a great guy. I'm going to buy whatever I want from Bob because no matter what his prices are, I've always loved his work and I always love everything he creates. But then it's like then it relies on you to make sure you're accessible to every single person that buys your product. And as much as like a common like we all know those messages we send a company and the next thing you know, we get a message back that's just an auto reply because they have so many people like I have um, people that reach out listening to the podcast like, hey, great episode that I don't know. There's random people. And I'm like, I thank you so much for listening. But then it's like every day you're getting a message you're like, oh, dude, like I. I'm not, I'm not a Joe Rogan type. I'm not any of those types that just can ignore people because 
those people more than happy to go find other content out there, which I'm like, good. If you find something else from it, sure. But you look at it like you're not, it's so hard to make a giant splash right now. And I don't, I don't know if it's, it's difficult or if it's the aspect of, I haven't found the navigational way to be able to slip through. It seems like whenever, and I think this is probably why we're in the system that we're in. Whenever someone says, well, this is how I became a number one business person. You're reading through it. You're like, everything that you've done, I've tried to do, and it doesn't work. is because they ask that person, how did you become successful? They tell them, well, this is what I did. I snuck around this. And you guys had a loophole in your system here. Where I didn't have to pay this. And next thing you know, I did this. And you're like, okay, cool. And the next thing you know, they go back and make sure nobody's ever able to do it like that ever again. Right. Content, uh, you hit the nail on the head. I think it is. It's content. It's how it's it's not how big of a splash you make. It's it's the ripples that it puts out there. You know, if you've got people that are coming back to you, I mean, obviously you have return guests. Uh, you hit me up today. You're like, hey, do you want to come on today? We've already got it scheduled, but it's our one year anniversary, and I mean, that's that's yeah. really cool. Um, and congratulations to both of us. I've known um, you for a year. <laughs> what did you buy me? <sighs> did i buy robbie door number one two or three oh god do you have a seller option seller as in basement yeah there's, there's always three doors but there's gotta be a number four that's like a seller door hmm. let's see what do we have for robbie today robbie for you today we're gonna throw in a DeLorean holographic sticker. That's actually oh. really cool. <laughs> Thank you. It's one of the photos that I had taken of the car. It's one of my favorite photos. Yeah, you've had an inventive past couple of months, man. Yeah, we uh, we just had a gig last night for a marketing firm. Uh, <laughs> kind of funny. How do you market yourself? But um, in two weeks, I'll be taking the car out to Texas and then down to Louisville, Kentucky. It's been uh, it's been crazy. But uh, it's like you were saying, you know, I've got a, I've got a few people that they, they do. They continually show my product on the hot sauce groups that I'm on and they, they sing the praises of it. And that's what really, I don't want to say that's what sells the sauce. Obviously, there's something about the sauce that sells it to that person. But it's those people that continue to drive those sales because if they're continuing to post a picture of it or say how they, you know, they just bought another four pack. I've got a dude bought a gallon. We were talking about gallons. I had a guy bought a gallon jug of the sauce. You know, there's a couple of them that have bought those. And when you post that you bought a gallon of a hot sauce, dude, you like that sauce. It's not because I'm selling it at a buck and a half gallon because I can assure you it's not, but it speaks volumes about the product and or the maker. And I'm not just myself, but there's other ones out there as well. And I think that it's that kind of thing that really draws people into um, a business, you know, to get the repeat business. I always throw in a personal note with every, each and every order, um, just a thank you, because that's, it, it, that runs my business. You know, it's, it's the buyer, because without whoever's buying my product, I'm not a business. And so there's that personal touch that has to be in there. I don't ever want to be the, the Amazon corporate company that, you know, I lose that edge with the people. I love having the interaction, whether it's through Instagram, uh, PMs and Facebook, I'm constantly chatting with the people and it's, it's fun. I mean, I was just down at a local store in Cincinnati, Ohio, talking with the international buyer down there. We had met for lunch. I dropped off product. We had a blast. He had never eaten fresh pods and he had just celebrated his 400th 
follower on his YouTube account. So I took down a box of fresh pods from the garden, pepper pods. And he says, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to celebrate today and I'm going to eat this pod. I was not expecting him to grab the whole thing and doubt it. I'll have to send you the clip. And he pops it in and just starts chopping. Within minutes, he is burning. He is lit up. He's sweating. He's taking his hat off. He's like, oh, man, this is bad. But it was it was hilarious because we got to share a moment that otherwise we'd have never had if I'm just mailing product down there and I don't see him and I don't have a relationship, you know, a one-on-one time. And uh, And I think that that's that's a lot of the business and i've said before that's to me that's what i enjoy is to getting out and seeing the people we're going to have a local show here in columbus in a couple of weeks i'm going to miss out on it uh, it's a hot sauce show um just due to the fact that it took so long for them to be able to validate the date due to covid restrictions they didn't know if it was going to happen or not and i had already had something else planned for that date but uh but it's those events i mean i i enjoy going out and meeting the people and talking to the people uh, much like you, you know, it's, we're not in the same room, but it's as good as it's going to get for now. Um, and it's, there's, there's, a, there's an amount of personal feeling that happens, even in just like a podcast, but to be up close and personal with the people, uh, whether it's, like I said, social media, it's, uh, I, I love the interaction. I mean, to me, that's, that's what my business is about. I think what I consider to pay off is different from what I actually see as the main aspect of what I truly appreciate about doing this. And it's when I saw uh, at the time it was, I saw the 870 episode picture and I looked at it and I was like, that's 870 conversations. Yeah. And it's like, then I met, I, I saw, I saw Justin Harmon came back down Harmon heat and um, gave him some sauce. Cause I don't do sauces really that much anymore. And we're, we're talking and we went to go get crabs. It's $125 for like a small bag of crabs. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's the market that's got you by the balls, man. When you're paying like that much, for the, they're good though. But we're, we're chatting up and it was like, yeah, man, it's like, we've technically known each other for almost two and a half years now. And it's like, damn, it's like, yeah, but you don't see what the real eventual payoff is. I think we look at the money aspect of things, but how many people that I've met that are amazing. And I look back on that feeling I get in the back of my head when I saw that 870 episodes and it just fucking rang true. I was like, that's a, that's a fucking kid. That's a thump, something to put on a resume where someone goes, well, you are consistent. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, I, I remember reading the comments uh, and it does, it does say a lot because it, that's a track record. You know, it's content and some people may say, well, yeah, but it's not all what I like, or maybe it, in their mind, it's not all good, or it's something that they're not going to listen and enjoy every one. Well, no, but it's content. And that's, that's what's consecutive. That's what's consistent is that it's content, you know, and even some of the comments we're saying, but that's, those are conversations that you've had and you've been able to represent every day with an episode, you know, that's. That says something. I mean, there's some longevity there. I look at it like, I think um, Casper Michaels, he's a past guest that was on a couple of times, but he messaged me. He's like, I'm so happy like to, because he connects with some of the people that I have on. And he's like, I'm so happy. Like I, th the whole like family of this thing is like, and that's like, when he said that word, I was like, welcome to the family. It's the OOTB family. I was like that it, it might necessarily, you might not connect with me as much, even though you've been a guest on in the past, but if you're able to find someone that I've talked to and connect with and help, like I've had people that have met 
through doing my show, hung out like a food reviewer and then a food truck. And the next thing you know, you start seeing that. I'm like, good. That's kind of what it's about, man. It's like, you'll find somebody through doing something. It's like, you don't realize the small, it might not affect your life. It might not improve your life, but it improves someone else's out there. They might be going through something. They might hear something your guest says, might not agree with you, but they agree with the person that you had on. And the next thing you know, there's a connection there. It's like, yeah, if you really change the value of like being a stepping stone in a way, but just change it to being a, a connector, you really get to see it. Like really what the eventual effect or whatever the want to call the, the return of it all is. And it's a good feeling and it, it might not be money. It might not pay the bills, but it sure as hell is something not to slack a little bit either. Yeah. I've got a couple of people that I just recently had a guy out West that, uh, had given a bottle of my sauce to a couple that own and run a food truck. And I, I thought it was just way cool. You know, it wasn't that he was looking for anything in return. He was just sharing what he likes and appreciates and wanting to, to spread that with somebody else that obviously appreciates food because they run a food truck. And so throughout that, you know, I started following the food truck and, just uh, jumped on a live conversation and was chatting with them a little bit. And I, in return, reached out to the guy that had shared my sauce and sent him back a couple of bottles because that to me was, you know, you didn't have to do that. You know, it's, it's not like I had given him sauce or that he buys um, bunches and bunches of it, but he's just a very giving individual. And so, you know, the best thing, the only thing that I could do that I thought was possible was just to, to continue to give. So I had sent him back out some more sauce and told him how much it meant to me that he did that. But it's, you know, it's at that point in time, it's not about me giving sauce. It's about the person that did that in the beginning, you know, and it's, those are the people that, um, like you were saying, family, that's what I consider family, you know, because there's a, there's a huge depth, uh, feeling there of just, uh, love, admiration, gratitude because of that giving. And I think that uh, gratitude is something that a lot of people really struggle with or don't don't have. They haven't seen it. I was so. talking to um Kelly and he was sending me all the messages he gets about doing the show. And he's like, they're always talking about how our rapport is always really good back and forth. And I was like, I never get any of these fucking messages. And he was like, well, they send them to you. And I'm like, looking through, I was like, I did set up my profile because with interacting with so many people, which my buddy was like, dude, you're on Twitter way too much. And I'm like, I just, best way to get guests is so easily to access somebody or a research or a paper. If you look good enough, you'll find the good in Twitter. It's not all hellhole. But he goes, you're basically on a liberal stomping ground. And I was like, that is true. Everything's like Christ would have gotten the vaccine. And it's like, what? And then it's like all this type of shit. And it's like, it's so like a, a hate, it's like literally a dumpster fire. And I was like, yeah, I set up my profile to make sure nobody could contact me. He's like, but why would you do that? I was like, because man, as much as there is the good, there's a lot of people that want to put their thought into what you're doing or trying to be like, you should do it like this. You should do it like this. So I'm like, well, then it's not me anymore. It's the whole reason I don't have a giant corporation that's owned by something. It's because nobody wants, they're going to restrict what you say. It's that goalpost. And I'm like, it's interesting because, um, Kelly sent me a, a TikTok video of like, this is the United Nations. They're getting the Norfolk uh, Naval Base, the largest naval base. You know, a war's coming. I'm like, Kelly, I can't today. He's like, why? I'm like, because I'm at the beach. I need a me day because it ends up 
I, I noticed it when I listened to some of my episodes. I'm like, fuck, they were recorded on like the same day. He's like, how do you how can you tell? I'm like, because I'm thinking the exact same shit I did in the last episode. I'm saying the exact same fucking thing, just with a different person, which leads to a different conversation because that person's going to have different thoughts than the person I had on before. I'm just getting a bunch of different thoughts on a topic. But it's like I could tell they're all recorded in the same day or same time because that was on my mind at the time. And I'm like, I can't have this all be about COVID. I can't have this all be about government shit. I need to have free flowing conversation where we just look at like, dude, I saw a video of a woman. She was, uh, she had headphones on and she's strapping in her snowboard. She had her GoPro out and she was singing Rihanna into the thing. And she hops on her snowboard and starts snowboarding down the mountain. Our ears. And you're like, what the fuck is that noise? It's not her. And she's just singing Rihanna going down the snow on her snowboard. And there's a fucking giant grizzly bear behind her just charging after her down this mountain. She doesn't even notice it. And I'm like, you know what? She is. She outran the bear. She didn't even know it was there. She got home, plugged her GoPro into the computer and was like, I want to watch myself snowboard down this. That's a fucking grizzly bear chasing after me. You just realize, oh my God, you were so close to death. And it made this thought go into my head of like, that's us on a daily basis. There's like an invisible thing around us, a baby death, whatever you want to call it, like final destination style. That's just looming around us. And we don't even notice what's happening until next thing you know, it hits us and you're gone. Was that your social experiment? Oh, oh my social. No, my social. Was, ex- because my- I was when you were as you were talking about that, I was just it came through my head, you know, when you were saying you were talking to Kelly and you were like, I started realizing when I would have multiple conversations in a day that it was just i was rehashing the same thing that to some extent but with somebody new so there's always a different spin on it making it different but it was the same thing as far as a basis and so i wondered at that point i was like "Mm, is that the social experiment my social experiment was messaging a bunch of people and trying to see if a person would do one of five things which it was always one of the five it was shut down a conversation ignore a conversation cut down a person or cut them out of their life because you don't like the answer that they're giving you it's trying to see if people would actually put down their own personal conflicts just to listen and try and evolve past like what everything tells you in society is like side in a group or be around the people like it's really dude let me tell you something. It's amazing to have people that just like when I when I talk to Kelly and me and him could just go into like these modes where I have this conspiracy idea and he's like, right, right. It feels so good. But I'm like, I can't do this every single day, man. Like he's like, let's do a show. I'm like, I can't. I have to have someone that's going to be like, Robbie, well, there's this. I need someone that's going to be a naysayer because it makes me open to a different perspective, a different thing of thought. As much as I might think one way, I can't think one way forever. I need to open it up to other realms of understanding. If you would have told me when I was 15, just sitting and watching a video of an ocean do a, like a barrel wave or something like that, I've been like, I'm not going to fucking watch that when I can go experience it. Now, when I watch it, I'm like, this should be a thing they teach in schools, a, a class on life. And you're like, well, life, what, like teaching how to pay your bills. No, that's, that's, a, that's, that's being an adult. I mean, a, a class on life where it shows you that there's a lot of good in this world and it shouldn't be that hard to look for. You just need to flip your perspective on something and you start to realize I'm walking across to the beach to go hang out with um, my buddy, Chris, uh, who's in town with his family. And it's funny because um, I go to the beach and we're sitting there uh, talking and there's a girl in front of us and she has like Ziploc wrapped around her arm. 
And I'm like, what the fuck happened? I bet that's road rash or like carpet burn or something like that. And like, we're speculating. And he goes, I think she just got like a burn from like a drink or something hot. And then his 10 year old kid comes up and I'm like, go over there and ask her how she got that. And I didn't think that she was actually going to do it, but she's like, okay. And turned around and went right over to her. How'd you get that? Well, I got a Dunkin' Donuts coffee and it spilled on my arm and I got second degree burns. And I'm like, what the f-? and like i was like dude you're kidding he goes dude she's fearless she's young she's fearless i'm like yeah that's what you got to do it's not even more people think of i'm going to offend this person and they think they overthink it so much into their head where you start looking at life goals or accomplishments how many people overthink something in their head i'll do that tomorrow and they never do it yeah talk yourself right out of it yeah and sometimes i rant so outcomes. bad where i figure something out and then i don't know what where it goes <laughs> it's still conversation it is that all it is is just conversation i'm glad you understand what that word means because so many people do not yeah there's a huge difference between the blank and the box that's cute <laughs> that's very cute um well, because you know out of the box it's well we're stuck in the box but if it's already blank it's wide open yeah see I always ask people, what do they think of when they think of out of the blank? I've heard starter pistols, like a blank starter pistol, which is fucking nuts to me. Um, I'm like, my brain would have never went there. Like, well, I used to run track. I'm like, okay, that makes sense now. Um, but the word conversation, it's like, we all know about chit chat, but then everyone expects like, but what is your topic of choice? And it's like, well, why don't we just see where it goes? And then it's like, how are people going to view the things that I say? What is this person going to ask me about? And it's like, it's so hard to, and I want to switch that paradigm shift. I want it to be where it's easier just to talk to someone and let the times ramble. We've already been talking for an hour. So it's like, it doesn't seem like it, but it, it went quick because you're just, you're in it, you're experiencing it and you're enjoying every single aspect of it. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had just gone in the other day for uh, a trim. COVID cut, whatever you want to call it, but, um, looking good. Yeah. Hey, I like that. Thanks. Uh, gal was saying, I need to, I need to find a podcast to listen to. It was just an out of the blue. I mean, she was just drop the show name out of the blue, out of the blank. Well, no, I'm just saying it was very out of the blue. Her comment, she said, I need to find a podcast. I'm like, well, so what would it be about? Would you like something where it was just open conversation or is it something that you would have to have that interested you? And she said, no, I would have to have one where they actually ask questions. And I thought, hmm, that's kind of sad, actually, because then it's very pointed to the person directing the questions. Either they've got a really great list, but is it always the same list to each person? Like you were saying, you know, you found yourself if you were doing multiple podcasts in a day that it could sometimes lead to the same conversation the base of it i mean it's not always going to be the same because you've got a different person there and it's their perspective but I, when she said it would have to be questions i thought hmm, i think you're really you're putting yourself in the box unfortunately instead of in the blank and that's that's what i like about your podcast is that it is it's it's out of the blank um because it does to me out of the blank is very open door it's out of the blank that's that's like standing out in a field and what do you see you know 
Do you see the grass? Do you see wildflowers? Do you see the wind moving it? Do you see the wind? Do you see the sky? Do you see this, you know, the, the clouds that are in the sky? What is your perception of the, the picture or the world that you're in? And that's what out of the blank is to me. It's our, my own, Kelly's own, whoever's own perception of the thought that either you bring up or that how it affects you, you know, and you you get people on there that they're not going to agree with how you view things. And that's even that's conversation because it, it, it opens up a door and it allows the conversation to be um, uh, in depth into the other person's view, each, you know, each to their own view. And as long as it's, uh, as long as it's accessible, um, and by accessible, I mean, you give me the time to express my feelings and you don't stand there or sit there and slam me for my input, nor do I sit here and slam you or argue with you over why you're wrong. It's, you know, there's, there's an open door policy, like you were saying, but I respect them for that because that's their opinion. It's given me a new thought because like you were saying, oh, he runs track. I get it now. That makes sense. Whereas before you're like, that is, re well, we're not going to use that word. That is just crazy, you know, but it's just, but, it, but it's very open. And so there, it, it does, it opens that door for honesty. And that's, that's where the conversation comes in. It's got to be the back and the forth. It's interesting. You said that, cause I was just watching um, earlier this morning. Uh, it was all Joe Rogan's like top heated moments on his show. And there was like 15 or so. And he's like immediately shutting it down and they're arguing and talk about politics or whatever the hell it is. And I was looking at it. I was like, I've seen him change now that I've watched from the very beginning to where he's at now. Now he's, which I could probably do. And I've thought about it with some very few topics. Uh, I came across an academic who studies the JFK assassination and links how it's all like tied into more than what we know. It reminds me of a book by Tom O'Neill about the Manson murders, where it turns out the government was drugging him in jail and then releasing him to go out and do these crazy things like manipulate people, uh, which leads into some whole other stuff me and Kelly's touched on a few times. But I start looking at like, I would, I could ask you specific questions hundred percent. And this is why people go, well, it should be easy for you to get guests, right? You don't have to do it yourself. You just go to a pod match or some type of guest matching place. I'm like, yeah, but all those people have a specific area and field where they want questions based on the field and area that you're researching, not a free range. And I look at it like everything Joe Rogan has now are guests where he hits them with certain topics and points of direction and lets it branch off from there, which I've done in the past. But it's so much easier to just come onto a show. And I've had episodes where the it might be a whatever their name is, and then it says in parentheses what they do for a living, like anthropologist or paleontologist or chemist or something like that. And people go, well, it's going to be an episode about that. And they click into it and they're like, what the fuck? They didn't talk about any of that, but I learned something. And I'm like, it's that's the point. prices today? What? Yeah. <laughs> But that's the point of it is like not knowing what you're going to expect. I definitely have some episodes that aren't going to interest some people, but I have a lot of them that are going to interest at least one person out there. And that's what I'm aiming for. I'm not aiming to make a thing just fit for one certain type of audience. I'm aiming for a show that's going to be 
everybody's cup of tea, even if it's not that episode. It's you have an episode 100% out of the ones I've done that are going to resonate with you. There are people like the motivational stuff. I've had motivational stuff in the past. It's all about what I'm feeling at the moment that I'm in and watching the whole spectrum change because my thoughts after a while, like I don't think the same as how I did a year ago, a year and a half ago, you know what the biggest trend was around the time we were talking hot sauces, which is kind of like still it is today, but it was all about food. Remember, there were food reviewers oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that has died off. Now it's reaction videos or some type of crazy something else. But it's not food reviewing anymore. It's not the pizza Yolos I was having on. It's a whole different spectrum thing. It, now it's in the science realm. Now it's in the in the covid talk. It's all this type of thing. It's crazy. And I wonder what it's going to be like in the next year when I'm at episode of twelve hundred. What is what am I going to be saying that's going to be different than what I'm saying right now? Is it going to be on the topic of maybe knitting gets really huge? It's going to be interesting. I love the projection though that you just said when I'm at episode 12. Yeah. Hopefully I'm doing something. No, I no, don't don't even don't even throw hopefully in there because I think that that's awesome that you said that because that's that's a that's a goal. I mean, you, you've already projected right there, just in that statement that you're going to continue to do this, that you love it, that you're going to strive for it. And you just, it, it came right out like, man, this is spoken. It's written. It's, it's happening. And that's, that's cool because that shows a drive and a love for what you do. And it, it shows at the podcast. Um, you know, it's like when we were chatting a couple of weeks ago and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond hot sauce. I'm into, you know, and it's, and it's not that hot sauce isn't not happening. It's just that it's, you know, Bob, how many times can we sit down and bring you on and just talk hot sauce? I mean, come on, it's going to get to the point where it's, oh, it's another oh, episode of Bob and Hot Sauce. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, know. it's it opens up the door for us to go somewhere different. And then we're not stuck on sports talk. We're never going to choose to elevate past sports talk if we don't go past sports talk. And we do. And that's what I love having you on again for is that we're able to go past that. Me and Kelly, well, we're going to stick on Hot Wheels. The first episode wasn't even about that. Third episode wasn't even about that. Then the fifth one was like, oh, where are we at now? You started a cult? Hang on a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I love the interjection. Oh, wait, Kelly. I get a turn to speak now. We've had another 20 minutes of Kelly. Now it's my turn. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, I've had those conversations too. It's like, Kelly, just time out, buddy. Time out. <laughs> the best one was that CVS one where I was like, it's over by the inflatable uh, light up sneakers. And then he starts talking. I'm like, let me do that again. And I'm like, it's over by the inflatable couch cushions. I'm like, better. He's like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> He's a trip. It is. man it's a it's really a pleasure having you on man i'm so happy that uh we could do the episode today especially out of all the days this is when we um we did it last year too but you're a great dude man i really appreciate what you do especially with the company as well too and you're doing amazing things i mean you're definitely you're selling a product but you're going to see it move pretty quick too and i mean you're do probably doing more things than you ever would have thought of and the last time we talked we talked about your company being created and then never having projections of where it was then now look at the projections you're at now compared to what you're going to be at a year from now definitely um you know we were just talking a little bit ago about overthinking things and then not carrying through and i've really been dragging my feet on getting a second label out and that's getting closer and closer to fruition um the first one has done so well i mean people just love it and i don't know sometimes i feel like i've put myself in a box because of just kind of 
creating something where there's always that fear or there is a fear of, wow, is it going to match up, you know, and letting that thought hold me back from moving forward. But uh, I need to continue to look at where I am and what is the purpose of what I'm doing and just run and gun, jump and go, you know, move on with it, get it going. But, uh, but people love that. Uh, I mean, the, everything about the product has just been so cool. People love the label or they love, you know, the, the whole spin of back to the future into it without really saying back to the future, because there's lawyers that would love to jump into that. But um, what I've done with the flavor of the sauce and it's just, people are blown away with it. They're like, Oh my God, this is just, this is so different. And uh, I just want to continue to not be different, but to make people happy, you know, to have them say, wow, that's, that's awesome. Keep it up. And uh, it doesn't matter if it's hot sauce or a conversation, you know, it's me doing my thing, you doing your thing. It's, uh, it's continuing to give the people what they want and do it in a way that it's still you being you. I like that. And just like a nice hot sauce and conversation, both can be flavorful or both could be spicy. Heck yes. Like that. That's a good, that's a good, uh, toss that in the logo batch. What, wait, wait, what can we do else besides just like the, are you looking to change up the nuclear symbol? Oh yeah, totally. That won't be on the next label. Do you think about putting your face on there, but having like a cartoon version Maybe. of it? No. No. Any ideas? Oh, yeah. Definitely I have ideas. You're not going to yeah. say them on air? Well, one I'm thing. Pull right it out now, of you. I'm going to Howard one, Stern it out of you. Uh, good luck, buddy. I've got a couple <laughs> of things. Uh, one thing right now, this is really, really cool. I had a custom skateboard deck made, and it is right now being autographed. I wish I could say it this very minute, but it has been sent off to be autographed by Michael J. Fox. And on the back of the board, it says Marty McFly. And so I'm having Michael J. Fox autograph it. And it's going to just going to be really cool. And I, I want to, at some level, be able to incorporate that into a label. Um, so, you know, I've already done doc. So everybody says that you've got to keep going. And so somehow I've already got the name of the sauce in my head. Uh, of what it's going to be, but I want to uh, to throw a Marty spin into it because Doc needs Marty, Marty needs Doc, you know. So we got the Sundance Kid, but uh, yeah, I think I got an idea, but we'll talk off air. Nice. Well, is there anything you want to end on? Positivity, but I think we always end on positivity because it's always a great show. Um, every episode is awesome. Uh, I like out of the blank because it is, you know, even though I had to think about it in the beginning, like out of the blank, like what? It's like, wait a minute. That's, that is it. That's it. What is the blank? And that's exactly what this podcast is about. It leaves it so open to the conversationalist, you know, what is the blank to you? I like that, but it was a little bit, it felt icky because it was self promo basically, but I'd rather you promote yourself, but. <laughs> I will link all of Sauce and Glazed links into the bio. People, please check out his sauce. Check out his amazing jerky as well, too. And if you get time, check out the merch store before they jack up their prices. I can't believe that's happening. I need to check my email more. But it's been a great show with Bob, and um, looking forward to our next chat. Thanks for listening to this episode, Out of the Blank.